0: hello and welcome back to tea party with ghosts i'm ash and i'm ghost and what tea are you drinking this week ghost i have
1: um detox tea what's in that it's got uh sparse indian sparsaria sarsaparilla root sarsaparilla yeah maybe? maybe okay uh ginger root burdock root cardamom black pepper yellow dock root cinnamon bark licorice root dandelion root clove bud juniper berry extract and red clover Hmm. and it's supposed to um like i guess what it says detox you um try to you know get rid of stuff in your body that you know you don't need and whatnot so it's mm. really good
0: Hm. sounds interesting
1: yeah so
0: yeah that's what it is hmm well i have lavender chamomile tea this week sounds good delicious yeah
1: that's one of my favorites actually mm-hmm.
0: so what do you have for us this week so this week i wanted to talk about the origins and history of tarot cool I'm yeah figured, it, that was coming along sometime yeah especially since i read tarot and know a little bit about it and sort of where it come from so i guess we'll just jump right in yeah okay Um, so, back when it first became a thing, did you know that it actually was not used for divination? I did, actually. Yeah, it was a playing card game. Yeah. And it was known as Trionfi, um, and then later as Taraki or Terox. And it, it varies, like, when it actually became a thing. So, it was anywhere between like the late 14th century and early 15th century um and it it, they say that it it first showed up in italy as an italian playing card deck but from what i understand it could have come from west turkey as well no one really knows but yeah and apparently there's still two types of tarot in circulation today which is the Mm carton I didn't know that. I knew the divination sets, but apparently the card game is still in circulation. I did not as well. know that. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, those of you out there who know, a regular pack of playing cards can be used for divination. I
1: didn't know that either. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You can use just a standard set of playing cards uh, for cartomancy, which is the technical term. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We should get some of the tarot playing cards in play.
0: We should. Because I think... Um, it was... The way you played it was similar to Bridge? Is that right? I I
1: don't know. I I think that's similar. I I don't know much about Bridge. Okay, I think that's
0: the one that it was similar to. You know, like, most common playing cards, the Tarot has four suits, and each suit has 14 cards. And then you have well in addition to it like unlike standard um playing card decks they have an additional uh 22 cards which is the full and then what they call the 21 trump cards um so it's card zero through 21 oh okay mm-hmm. in like the occult sense the early french occultist claimed that tarot cards actually had esoteric links to ancient egypt the kabbalah indic tantra the I Ching anyways so you know there's claims that the tarot cards or whatever had esoteric links before they actually became a divinatory tool um however when anyways however when you look at scholarly research um it states that tarot cards were invented in northern Italy in the mid-15th century. And they have confirmed that there is no historical evidence of any significant use of tarot cards for divination until the late 18th century.
1: So what changed?
0: We'll get to that. (laughs) Jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead a little bit. But tarot cards, which were then known as, I think it's Tarachi, um, they first appeared in Ferrara and Milan in (laughs) northern Italy um, with a full... And 21 trumps, which was then called the triomphi, um, being added to the standard Italian pack of four suits, which was the batons, coins, cups, and swords, which actually hasn't changed that much today because the four suits in a standard tarot deck is the wands, cups, pinnacles, swords. So the first records of um, the cards actually entering Europe... First records date to thirteen sixty seven in Bern, and they appear to have spread very rapidly across the whole of europe um and we can, We can tell that based on the records of card games being banned as you know all good things are at some point in time. yeah, yeah,
1: did you know <laughs> just from listening to my podcast that I've been listening to mm-hmm. that um uh, that uh sex toys. We're spreading, like, wildfire and stuff. Well, someone got pissed off because, you know, God forbid women, you know, have pleasure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so they banned sex toys from being sent through the mail.
0: Huh. Yeah. Okay, of course it was. (laughs) A little bit more. Well, obviously, I I stated earlier that the first documented tarot decks were recorded between 1440 and 1450. Milan, Ferrara, Florence, and... Bologna. When the additional Trump cards with allegorical illustrations were added to the common four suit pack, apparently they still have some of the original tarot cards that date back to the mid fifteenth century. For the rulers of the Milan, so the original
1: tarot cards they still have.
0: They yeah they have some some of the oldest surviving are the fifteen or so Mm -hmm. that word packs. That's that were cool. painted in the mid-15th century. Mm-hmm. Um, because, fun fact, back when they first became a thing and got popular, um, the the cards were all actually hand-painted. Um, and the number of decks produced is thought to have been small. Because, obviously, that would have taken forever to hand-paint an entire deck of, what what is it, like 78 cards or something? Yeah. Yeah and then you know after the invention of the printing press they were able to mass produce mm-hmm. these decks um but I want to say the, the first like when they first became popular only the rich were commissioning them um cause you know obviously you couldn't they, yeah, they normal money. people couldn't afford yeah the hand painted cards and everything
1: don't you w- sometimes wish that we had like the money that we have now and then we could go back in time and buy shit
0: look that'd be so cool yeah
1: you know it'd be great if we could buy you know a five bedroom house for three (laughs) dollars like our grandparents did right oh goodness um Nana brings it up all the time because I'll be bitching about you know being broke or whatever mm-hmm. you know not having money to do stuff, and mm-hmm. she said, "Well, just think, me and your papa lived off forty dollars a week," and I'm like, "Nana, gas was only a penny a gallon back then, <laughs> right? <laughs> and groceries was only a dollar oh, a week. Oh my lord! Of course you could live off of forty dollars right? back then. Jesus." <laughs> but she I mean she says it in good humor yeah, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, no, she's, she's not one like, of those yeah. typical boomers. Is she a boomer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Papa was actually part of the silent generation That's and I right. was
0: a boomer. That's right. Okay. So to get back on track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously the original purpose of the cards was to play games. Um they actually have an explanation of rules for a terra like deck. Um but I'm pretty sure um, you played it similar to Bridge. But the game of Tarot has many regional variations. Yep. So there's different...
1: Just like everyone has their own rules for Uno.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so there was um, Italian-suited decks were their oldest form of Tarot deck to be made. Um, there were three decks of this category, and they are still used to play certain games. So the... Turaco Pimonties, Um consists of the four suits of swords, batons, cups, and coins, each headed by king, queen, cavalier, and jack followed by the pip cards for a total of 78 cards. Um, which the pip cards are the um,
1: Pip.
0: yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I want some playing cards with oh pip all Yeah, but the pip cards I'm pretty sure are the um, ace through ten. So Trump twenty outrakes twenty one in most games, and the fool is numbered zero despite not being a Trump. But anyways, then they had the Swiss one JJ Tarot, which is said to have been similar, and then the Tarocco Bolognese. Is that how you say that? Where's the word? Bolognese. 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 the the Tarocco Bolognese. Um, yeah, and then you have the the Italian Portuguese suited deck. Um, which is the Tarocco Siciliano, and it's the only deck, uh, to be used with the Portuguese suit system, which uses Spanish pips, but intersects them like Italian pips. Then you had a Spanish suited deck. They didn't give a name for that. And you have French suited decks, and I'm not going to try to pronounce these names because I can't speak French. Um, we can barely speak English. mm Mm-hmm. But they did have one that is an animal tarot. And it only has 54 cards instead of the 78 cards.
1: What kind of animals is on it?
0: Well, there's a bear.
1: All I see is clowns.
0: They only show the bear (laughs) and clowns, but there's a bear right there. Um. And you have the German to rock cards. Um. Which, from the late 18th century, the South German states manufactured German-suited packs labeled Turok. Um And today, these still survive as Tarak packs of the Bavarian and Franconian pattern. I don't really know what the pattern is.
1: Now I want a donut because you said Bavarian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny. But these decks only have 36 cards.
1: So, how is it like the same thing but it has different amounts
0: um i think they're would have
1: like you said different playing rules and i think so i think
0: each one has a different like playing rule because when you go back up to the italian suited decks there's different um they like replace certain things and swap them with other things yeah so they all have to have different playing rules but i don't know what the rules are because no one tells you what the rules are (laughs) <laughs> or I couldn't find them anyways. Um, but that's just a little brief history of that. But then you get into cartomancy, which is divination using cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and the earliest evidence of a tarot deck used for cartomancy comes from an anonymous manuscript from around 1750, which documents rudimentary d- divinatory meanings for the cards of the Tracco Bolognese um and then the popularization of esoteric tarot started with um the Antoncourt and Jean Jean Baptiste
1: Elliot. Ba- Jean. Jean.
0: Jean Jean Baptist Baptiste Elliot I can't do these French names, man. Well anytime it's Jean like what Jean. we would say it's Jean. Okay. Yeah. um in paris during the 1780s using the tarot of Marseille, um french tarot players abandoned the Marseille tarot in favor of the tarot nouveau around 1900 with the result that the Maasai pattern is is now used mostly by cartomancers. Alliette was the first to produce a bespoke um tarot deck specifically designed for occult purposes around 1789 in keeping with the unsubstantiated belief that such cards were derived from the Book of Thoth, um, which resulted in um, Aliette's tarot containing themes related to ancient Egypt. So, with the modern-day tarot deck, that's still a 78-card system, and they still have the two sections, so, you know, the trump cards and then your standard 52 playing deck. So, the... Um, the first set of 22 cards is now called the major arcana yeah mm-hmm. and that's the um, um
1: the fool's journey
0: yeah the fool's journey so you have <clears throat> the Fool card and the other cards explain the journey that the fool is going on and then which it's also called the greater secrets of the deck mm-hmm. um, because in cartomancy um the major arcana represents bigger life events and bigger themes happening right yeah um and then the other 56 cards um they're divided into four suits which are typically your pinnacles um cups wands and swords and it's called the minor arcana um or the lesser secrets but yeah the terms um major and minor arcana were actually first used by says he's also known as paul christian and they are never used in relation to tarot card games so apparently as the occult interest in tarot expanded it became more associated with the kabbalah and the secrets of hermetic mysticism Um, and by the end of the victorian era, occultism and spiritualism had become popular pastimes for bored upper class families Um, It wasn't uncommon to attend a house party and find a seance taking place or someone reading palms or tea leaves in the corner. (laughs) Seance. Party hardy with the ghosties. So, which I feel like for modern day occultism, the most known deck is called the Rider-Waite deck. Um, And it was British occultist Arthur Waite, who is a member of the Order of the Golden Dawn, which is a hermetic order, um, and apparently a longtime nemesis of Alistair Crowley. <laughs> Alistair Crowley. Crowley. Yeah. Look, they need to
1: make a movie, or Netflix, or HBO needs to make a TV series about his life. I have heard a podcast episode about him, and
0: let's sh- I, I, <laughs> look, he, he I, was a lot. I know quite a bit about him now and I've sort of skimmed through some of his work and I want to do an episode about him but I've got to figure out how to be not so biased because I don't like him
1: <laughs> I mean so <laughs> not. I mean you know you can
0: say whatever about him but god damn his life was crazy it, it was something else that's for sure um so he's, anyways Alistair Crowley Jesus what a man uh who is also involved in the group and its various offshoots? Which, fun fact, you know, Alistair was actually in the Order of the Golden Dawn. They got mm-hmm. into some beef, then he created his own ship. Yeah. yeah. So, Waite got together with artist Pamela Coleman Smith, who is also a Golden Dawn member, and created the Rider Waite Tarot Deck, which was first published in 1909. Um, at Waite's suggestion, Smith used the Solabusa b-u-s-c-a i don't know how to pronounce that um buska maybe i don't know (laughs) uh artwork for inspiration and there are many similarities in the symbolism between that and smith's final result smith was the first artist to use characters as representative images in the lower cards instead of showing merely a cluster of cups coins wands or swords because yeah i think every single card actually has a character drawn on it um Smith incorporated human figures into the artwork and the result is the iconic deck that every reader knows today which I have also heard that a lot of people were trying to get the deck renamed to the Waite Smith deck because Arthur Waite I mean you know he got the idea to do this deck but Pamela Smith was the one who created it and so she should be named
1: yeah you know because nice i it.
0: don't know what the where the rider come from
1: i don't know it's probably some man taking credit for something a woman
0: did probably but yeah a lot of people actually refer to the deck as the weightsmith smith deck um to acknowledge smith's artwork and yeah so i mean you know nowadays they took the original rider Waite deck and now you can find decks of all kinds mm-hmm. in all imageries some decks are actually only used for decorations yeah not even to be practical okay so um let's go through the fool's journey very quickly and then can give some a brief overview of the minor arcana um cuz there's a lot there's there's a lot in the minor arcana yeah so i'll just go over like what the four suits represents um okay so the fool's journey be- obviously begins with the fool who is starting off a new journey feeling excited inspired and free um however they have no experience yet and so they're unaware of the fact that they could be about to walk off the edge of a cliff which if you look in the imagery of the full card um it sort of looks like he's about to walk off a cliff and there's a dog in the background barking at him warning him yeah you know um they're naive when it comes to this new pursuit but the energy is high and they're full of good intentions the fool feels like they have a new opportunity and they're hopeful about their ability to create anything they want um so they step into a new mindset of being the magician which is the first card in the major arcana of his own life using everything they have available to them which is a cup pinnacle sword and wand to create their dream reality they believe in magic and know that by co-creating with the universe anything is possible Um, Through this exploration of metaphysical ability, they meet the High Priestess, who shows up in our journey when we start to discover the physical and spiritual world on a deeper level. Um, She is the gatekeeper of our intuition, and she welcomes the fool into a world of esoteric knowledge and divine wisdom. Um, She teaches him that not everything which is real can be seen. And I think I've seen where the magician and the High Priestess are supposed to represent opposites. Um So, quote-unquote, the positive and the negative, Mm -hmm. even though there's not really positive and negative within the realm of tarot. As the fool starts to question their path, their mother shows up as the empress. She represents our connection with Mother Earth and embodies everything to do with her own fertility, nurturing ability, and abundance. Their father then appears as the emperor who sets rules and regulations to ensure that their path is safe and stable. They remind the fool of the importance of traditions and structures which can stand the test of time and help to keep them grounded while they navigate this new level of spiritual awakening. The fool looks for teachers who have gone before them to learn about spirituality in a more structured way, which is when they encounter the Hierophant, Hierophant, whichever way you want to say it, um, They start being influenced by external cultures, societies, and religions, and they are shaped by the teachers that they're now learning from. However, after so long alone, they crave someone to go on this journey with and starts looking for a partnership. Um, They discover all the joy that can come from a union as the lovers, which is where they learn how to cooperate and find balance between their own masculine and feminine energies. With everything the fool has learned so far, they now understand how to be successful using willpower and discipline. They ride the chariot towards their goals and knows that they can achieve anything they want with enough ambition and drive. They now possess inner strength through the courage he has developed over time on their journey. Um through this strength they learn to tame the unfettered ambition that they had on the chariot knowing that sometimes battles are long they grow more mature and start to value self-control having learned so much already the fool seeks solitude in order to go within and reflect on everything they have seen so far they become the hermit and retreats to try and understand the meaning of why the world works this way From this time away in isolation, as the hermit, they see that everything connects and is divinely planned by the universe. Um, So they realize that the will of fortune means things will happen exactly when they're meant to and when they're all subject to fate. And that we're all subject to fate. This can be good or bad depending on which way the will turns. However, they also know that the universe will bring balance to every action and there will always be justice. They learn to act with integrity because their actions will always have consequences justice brings balance into situations and resolution to legal matters with this support system around them the fool feels like they can surrender and pause as the hanged man they are safe to explore the world from different points of view because they know that the universe is always there to catch them at this important stage he experiences an ego death where the person that they thought they were falls away Their slate is wiped clean and they enter a whole new phase of their existence where new, more aligned opportunities have space to enter. After everything has been washed away, there is silence and peace. With temperance, they learn to be patient and to find balance without constantly needing to pursue new things. There is not always a need for immediate action. Um, Following this pause, the fool tries to start moving forward again only to realize that they are still shackled to their past emotionally physically or financially um this is limiting their expansion so the devil forces them to look at where they're holding themselves back and resisting letting go of what no longer serves them the tower assists the fool by shaking them loose from these attachments using external forces out of their control this feels terrifying but it's overall in their best interest it's a favor from the universe to help set them free The light that illuminates this for them is the star, which provides hope and a sense of renewal. This is the light at the end of the tunnel. The fool feels inspired to start shining as their true self. However, its opposite, the moon, represents any fears and subconscious programming that may prevent them from enjoying this new state of bliss. Light casts a shadow, and the shadow in this case is the old anxiety and fears, which may rise to the surface when attempting to shine brightly as the star once they have worked through this old fear energy the fool's light expands and they become the sun they are completely renewed and in touch with their original soul's purpose they have nothing to hide from the world and they are not hiding anything from themselves they're in total alignment and illuminating the path forward for others as a result as their old ego self is now completely shed they can see their purpose clearly and knows what they are meant to be doing on earth like a final judgment there is no room for illusions or false identities at last they are rising up and answering their soul's calling and so this is the end of the road for the fool they have mastered the world and completed their journey so basically with each card all 21 cards there's a lesson that they learn the fool learns going through all of it
1: so i know that some people will read the cards in reverse Mm -hmm. yeah like if it, whenever you do your deck and it shows Mm -hmm. upside down yeah so that is like the opposite of
0: it can be a lot of people well i mean they'll just call it the reverse meaning of what the card actually stands for um such as we'll do the will of fortune yeah. Um. So the Wheel of Fortune Upright means good fortune is coming your way and this, that, and the other. You reverse it and it means that bad fortune can be coming your way if you don't do this, this, or this. Or change what you're doing. Yeah. Um. And it's also been called like shadow meanings of stuff. Like I'm trying to think. Like the lover's card. It's a card of unity. Um, it could be relationships, friendships. Some form of like bonding between Two yeah,
1: you know, two or more
0: people. Yeah. But the shadow side of it could be you're having communication issues, you're having relationship issues, this, that and the other. Yeah. I don't read reversals because that's seventy eight more meanings you have to know. <laughs> <laughs> um but a lot of people do read strictly intuitively.
1: Yeah.
0: Um so they don't go by what the traditional Yeah. You know, whatever is.
1: Well you apply it to what is currently going on in your life, like if you're reading for yourself, yeah. Um,
0: which I know if you're reading for someone else, someone else, you sort of have to then just go by um your intuition, yeah. About it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're talking about the minor arcana, um, so starting with the suit of cups, um, the suit of cups is associated with the element of water, which means that this suit deals with things on an emotional level of consciousness and are typically associated with love feelings relationships and connections the swords are represented by the element of air and deals with the mental level of consciousness that is centered around the mind and the intellect the swords mirror the quality of mind present in your thoughts attitudes and beliefs which swords can be double-edged so mm-hmm. you know um the suit of pentacles is associated with the element of earth and typically deals with the physical or external level of consciousness and thus mirror the outer situations of your health finances work and creativity and the suit of wands is associated with the element of fire and they are associated with a uh, primal energy spirituality inspiration determination strength intuition creativity ambition and expansion so yeah so the minor arcana is basically just that like it's the minor things in life that you can manipulate and yeah yeah all of that that was a mouthful but basically you know nowadays the tarot tells a story versus when it was just used to play (laughs) to play a simple little card game yeah and it's become so much more i really want to know how they went from playing cards to divination tool um but when i was looking up like the history of tarot and stuff i couldn't really find that connection so i don't know if you know let let me know send me a link send us a link something and how did they send us a link um, well, all of our links on where to find us will be in the show notes, in our link tree. Cool. So. <coughs>
1: and send us pictures of your dogs. Or cats yeah. or any other animal.
0: Yeah, we've showed data. you guys our dogs, now show us yeah. your pets.
1: Yeah, I posted a
0: picture of Ozzy and Ellie on the gram. Mm-hmm. So... Which you should totally follow us on. Because we do random facts of the day over there now.
1: Yeah. And
0: the one that I posted today
1: was, did you know, which I I know you know, that you can break (coughs) your ribs from sneezing? Mm Mm-hmm. And I know this because my dad did. (laughs) Yeah. Go follow us on social media. Mm Mm-hmm. Send us pictures of your dogs.
0: Yeah. Write and review wherever you're listening to us and... Don't be a dick. I mean, unless
1: punch your local Nazi. Yeah, yep. That do is that. violence. I will condone.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, we'll do that. Okay. Well, uh, until next week with ghost episode <laughs> in Arkansas. Arkansas. <Our> <laughs>
1: nah. Arkansas is next week. So,
0: that should be really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. Till then.